Well, new Craig. New Craig. Craig 2.0. Oh, what the hell? There's like a stopwatch thing in like the chat. <laughs> That's actually kind of crazy. I know, right? <laughs> um, yo, we're going to get into the nitty gritty, man. The fuck, nitty gritty. Fuck the format. Good. Let's do that. I like fucking the format. One Piece. So good. Doctor Strange. Also good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't talked to you in a while, so uh, mainly One Piece is what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, I mean, I've we could definitely talk Doctor Strange because I feel like it's been out long enough where like it shouldn't really be spoiler territory. And then like even if you didn't go see it in theaters, like me, it's now on D plus. Yes. So like I guess there's the warning. Yeah. So I mean, we can say that to later is a little more fresher. Oh yeah. The One Piece stuff I'm talking about is probably from like. Oh yeah, yeah, shit's like 15 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Like God, that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) Shit's like 15 years old. Um, yo, what you been up to though? Are you? Uh, I've been. I mean, it's it's a lot of the same of like just work and a lot of my free time is being. Uh, devoted to Ultimate Prog in 14. Mm-hmm. So that's like most of my time, basically, because we're doing 12 hours a week of Prog yeah. for the Ultimate, and then 40 hours a week of work, and then there's just not much left time left besides sleeping. And you got a hippo, or is there a rhino? Uh, there is a hippo mount. That's not from anything like crazy, though. That's just oh, doing dailies. Okay. Just doing dailies, but it's cool. The uh, the hippo tribe quest was pretty neat. I guess the the tribe themselves were elephant people, Arcasidora, but they ride hippos. So that's basically the way that every uh, every tribe works in fourteen is that you have like reputation that you gain by doing their daily quests, mm-hmm. and then when you get the maximum uh, standing with them, whatever you want to call it. Then you get a you get whatever their mount is. How long ago did these elephant people come out? Uh, not that long ago. Uh, it does not take that long to get uh, exalted with. No, I mean reps. like how long ago were they revealed by you know like patched into the game? Yeah, not that long ago. Oh, not that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh snap! My mom's calling me. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So. Seems like they got inspired by Moon Knight. Uh no. <laughs> uh the uh the Arcasidora or the Matanga specifically, which are Matanga is like the general name for like the elephant people. Mm-hmm. Uh they've been around for a while since the uh, Stormblood expansion, which was like four years ago. But this tribe of the elephant people, the Arcasidora, are in uh and Walker. Um, are you like you're grinding that game out pretty thoroughly? Like, what is your end game with that game? Uh, I don't know. There, there's not so much of an end game, I guess. Like, so what I like to do specifically in MMOs and what mm-hmm. I I play for is uh rating. Okay. So that's why, like, the, the ultimate that just 
got released back in 6.15. That's where, you know, I've been thinking all of my, uh, not all of my time playing the game, but um, my static, like I said, we we do 12 hours a week of prog. And uh, we are very, very close uh, to finishing. We are towards the end of the sixth phase, and there's seven phases. So we are we are getting there. Um, we should have it cleared before the next content drop, which is in August. Okay, that's cool though. I mean, I was wondering like if you were aiming for rankings or you just want to squeeze like every nook and cranny of content out. But yeah, I mean, so overall, yes, I because I like MMOs, mm-hmm. not just specific facets of an MMO. Yeah. So. I just play because I like playing. I like the way the MMOs function. Um, two jobs away from having every job leveled to max, and they're both healers. Um, just because I'm not a huge fan of healing. But yeah. even even in this game, uh, or even I should say in this game, even healing, which I normally don't like, is actually fun. Um, I've been playing Sage recently because it's I have Sage and White Mage left, and that's it. Uh, and I always knew that White Mage would be my last job that I ever leveled because I just don't like White Mage. Like, it's it's your standard stereotypical healer, right? Just not really my my vibe. But Sage is really cool. It's very fast-paced. Um, I prefer barrier healers to regen healers, which Sage is barrier, so... It's my preferred play style, and it's got this really cool aesthetic. Barrier healers, like, are you healing like armor? As uh, you're putting up shields. Okay. So like, uh, magic shields, not like physical shields. Gotcha. But basically, instead of like your job, your healing team in the standard meta mm-hmm. is composed of one region healer and one barrier healer. So your job as the barrier healer is more about mitigation and preventing incoming damage that you know about, right? Because you know the time limit of a fight, you know the way that the mechanics work. Like that's, that's what you're learning. Like where tanks and DPS, they're obviously learning how, like, okay, how do I avoid damage? How do I minimize the damage that I'm taking? And how do I do the most damage that I can? The healers, while they do damage, uh, they don't have a rotation, they're just basically spending any of their downtime pressing their damage button. They really only have a couple. So they don't have like a full-fledged rotation like a DPS would or a tank even. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to learn that part. You, there's, there's nothing to maximize. The game kind of does that for you because what you're supposed to be doing as a healer is you're supposed to learn, okay, like at this phase or this time in the fight, this thing happens. So now that I know that, I can preemptively mitigate that damage and the more damage i mitigate the less i have to heal and the less i have to heal the more i can dps instead and then the faster something dies the faster the fight goes by the less you're healing so the the entire goal is to just put as out uh, put out as much damage as possible and the fight as soon as possible so you can heal as little as possible yeah fuck healing yeah no like it's cool like this is the only MMO in, in my life that I've ever liked like healing. And three out of the four healers, legitimately, I like. 
It's just white mage that I don't. I mean, when you have all the other stuff which sounds more interesting, I can definitely get why you wouldn't like white mage because it just seems so vanilla. Yeah, I mean, and even White Mage has the same game plan, right? It's doing the same thing. It does DPS. It wants to kill things fast. It doesn't want to heal. But because A, it's a White Mage, and B, uh, White Mage is a regen healer, both of those things together, the way it heals is more traditional, right? You, you heal by not preventing incoming damage, but healing their life up. So, like, after the damage goes out, you have to spend some abilities actually healing a little bit and because i don't like healing i don't really care about that astro does the same thing but astro is more interesting because they have a whole card mechanic mm -hmm. so just you kind of even though you're doing the same thing that extra mechanic that the entire class revolves around makes it more interesting so they where what's that they're playing persona no they're playing Yu -Gi -Oh. Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, literally, they draw random cards from the deck. You gotta give the cards to people in your party. They give specific specific roles more damage than other roles. So you have to, like, pull a card, know what the symbol is, and you're either giving it to your tanks and your melee, or your ranged and your healers. And then you wanna have three different suits in your, like, divination meter like i don't even know what it's exactly called but it buffs one of your other abilities if you have m multiple suits instead of the same suit so it's like reverse pairs you don't want pairs you want different so it's cool it's just got, it's just this whole extra little mechanic every job has something like that your job gauge is always your your unique gimmick mm -hmm. but in comparison to astro the white mage job gauge is lily's and all they really do is, like, over time, lilies will sprout on your gauge, and you can spend those lilies to heal. And then when you heal three times with lilies, the blood lily opens up, and then you spend the blood lily on damage. So, like, it's very cool thematically. It just doesn't do anything. It's just the blue things heal, the red things damage, and it's all on a pretty gauge. Right. So yeah. it's just it's nowhere near as interesting as the Astro card system. It's not even close. Damn. That sounds pretty hype though. Yeah, it's cool. And then the barrier healers are Scholar and Sage. And um, Scholar has a fairy meter and Sage has all this crazy techno babble shit. Is it's cool. I like Sage a lot. Its job gauge is really just I'd say out of almost all the healers, its job gauge is just straight up the least important. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there, and it's doing things, but it's not the crux or the main gimmick of the job at all. The main gimmick of the job is it heals by doing damage. You put this buff on your tank, and then as you DPS, the tank gets, like, incrementally healed. Or you can put it on, like, you put it on a DPS, I guess, if you want. But normally, it's going on the tank, because they're taking the damage. And then you just spend your resources to kind of like spot heal or there's another resource that you spend on doing damage and then doing damage with that resource is healing at the same time. So it's a lot of cool stuff like that. I like Sage a lot. I got to teach Fuji how to play Sage. He's playing it so wrong. I mean, if you guys ever stop playing Persona. Why would I stop playing Persona? 
exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we play, we play both. Okay. So. I feel like every time you guys both are available is Persona. Uh, yeah, a lot of the time. Because, like, we don't need to play 14 together. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to be able to, like, you need somebody else to play Persona. So. Um, so, Final Fantasy, work, usual stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the other things that I uh, have been doing, like, this week specifically is uh, Dave bought me KOF. Yo. So I have been mashing on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little unfortunate. Uh, apparently, the PC version of the game has this really weird input issue where basically it's just it's just not reading certain inputs. And I, this also might be a hitbox-only problem because, like... If you know how hitbox works, right? To do a quarter circle, you're you're going from the down button to the forward button, and you're rolling across the buttons. Mm-hmm. So during your motion, you're pressing; like, they're both pressed at the same time at one point, which is giving you your your down forward input. Mm-hmm. Well, for whatever reason, like fifteen is having this issue, and as far as I'm aware, this is a PC only issue, where the game somehow is like is telling me that I'm going from my down input to my forward input within the same frame and somehow skipping down forward. <laughs> and I'm like it's literally impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can you can press down, release, go back to neutral and press forward. I get that. That's possible. The game is telling me that like it, it has a frame counter with your inputs on the side. So it'll it'll have like frame 4 for down and frame four for forward. And it's like, like, I can't do this. Like, it's it's not possible. Like, the, the, the down forward is in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> that seems hello curse. Yeah, which means like you can't pick up the game. You can't learn it because like your execution, not your execution, but Again, it's like very input heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's very unfortunate. Like I've been trying to figure out like if there's like input tricks or things that I can do to make the game like recognize it more often. Mm-hmm. But it is very frustrating when like yeah. you just know you're putting the input in and the game's just like nah. Yeah. It just refuses to acknowledge certain inputs. Yeah. So I I don't know if like I'm debating maybe like trying it on stick and just seeing if it feels better, more or less. Um, I've also been debating maybe messing around with a cross up uh, for a while, the stick with the hitbox buttons as well. Interesting. What is the benefit of that? Uh, so basically, like using Persona as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So in Persona, the jump button overrides all other inputs. Mm-hmm. So in a game like, say, Street Fighter, if I'm on hitbox and I press my down button and my jump button at the same time, the game puts me in neutral. It it doesn't do anything. It's like you can't have down and up pressed at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. But in Persona, and this is how you have like this is how you can do some of the really strict like Mitsuru mirror combos where you're doing like mirror mirror back to back. Um. Up button just prioritizes over everything because this game has jump startup and you can't block after jumping. So they made mm-hmm. it like really like like you cannot like 
if you think about jumping, basically, you're, yeah, you're, you're, thinking about you're getting, you're getting screwed. Yeah. So, um, in that game on hitbox, if I'm holding down back and I tap my up button, I, I will jump the game. The game does not say you're in neutral. The game says you jumped no matter what I'm holding. If I also press up, I'm jumping. And for a charge character, that means I can hold down back, tap up plus button, throw mirror out. In literally the same frame that I am done tapping that up button, I'm charging again immediately because I never stopped holding down. Right, so it's just like you can you you can get these really tight charge windows um, for for some of the tougher combos. So a cross up would be something that's really similar in that type of idea, but on a stick, because on the stick I could hold down back, mm-hmm. and then with my right hand you could tap the jump button with your thumb and do the, oh. do, do the charge motion, but you're, you're never releasing down back on the stick. So with the cross up, you still have buttons for inputs as well. Yes. So it's a standard arcade stick, uh-huh. but above your top row of buttons is the curved like hit box layout. Okay. In the smaller buttons. Okay. That and, makes... and... Good. Yeah, I was going to say, and then right below your X button on a stick is where the jump button would be. Okay, that makes more sense. When you originally said it, all I was picturing was, like, a stick with, like, the actual, not, like, directional input buttons, but just the buttons from a hitbox. I was like, what's the purpose of that? It's just a stick. That makes I more gotcha. Sense. Yeah, here's a, there, here's a picture of what it looks like. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. So that one under your lower row, is that your jump button? That's the jump button. Okay. So it, it would be it would be very comfortable because the, the jump button is not in a much different spot than the hitbox jump button is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the, it's the other movement buttons that are in a little bit of a weird spot because obviously you're not normally hitting them with your right hand. Yeah. But it allows you to just do things... You know, where you can like Tekken, as an example, utilizes this for um, like EWGFs mm-hmm. really efficiently because you can tap stuff on the buttons, but still use the stick for like the forward input and then just mm-hmm. tap like like tap down. Um, hold forward, tap down and then hold them both down, uh, hold forward and then hold the down button mm-hmm. for down forward. Like yeah. so, you can you can mix the input methods, and they will give you your, yeah, your um, digital inputs. That seems really cool. Um, I don't know if I were to use it. I definitely use that jump button a lot, but I don't know how. I guess I would have to play with it to understand when and where to use the other direction. Yeah, button. yeah. I mean, just like a hitbox, right? It's it's an entirely new input method, so you you would have to relearn some things to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. But I've I've really thought about having one. So if there's anything that I wanted to play on stick, I I would have a stick with the hitbox benefits for specific things like charges. Mm-hmm. at the same time um but this is like you know uh ky 15 with the pc situation with the specific reasons where i'm like man i'm like heavily debating if i should just break a stick out and just try it and see if it is 
fixing these input issues the PC version is having. I wonder how that jump button will work on the KOF, like for short hops and everything. Well, oh, it's good. Yeah, that yeah, would be really good. Movement, movement is very nice on Hitbox in that game. Again, as long as it's taking the input, because it is still having some issues with the um. So if you want to do like a hyper hop forward, right? Mm-hmm. On KOF, you're you're pressing multiple buttons to do that on a Hitbox because the hyper hop input is a super jump in anime because mm-hmm. it's down up, but you're not holding up; you're just tapping up. But then you also need to hold forward. And there is that, you know, so you're going to have up and forward held together. And I have had issues with the game. It's just, again, it just doesn't believe that this is a thing. And like, I'm just hyper hopping in place. Or full hopping instead of hyper hopping because it's not taking the down input because it's only doing down forward. It's, it's weird things where like part of it could just be the fact that the input in the game is like strict and it doesn't really have any kind of like shortcuts. Um, that a lot of other games have, like you have to hang, make sure you're hitting every single direction. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that's like driving me crazy, like I said, is the da- is just a quarter circle forward, like you know, or or back or whatever. But just that part of the motion where it just is giving me the input of down forward as two separate inputs, and there's no down forward anywhere to be seen, despite the fact that it's like literally impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that shit sucks. But you should definitely get that cross up and let me know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll think about it. I've been I've been potentially looking at it. What's for, your oh, I was gonna say it's something I've been looking at for a while ever since they came out. Um, but at the same time it's like I don't really like want to play stick again per se, because I've I like hitbox and I've been comfortable on it for quite a few years now mm-hmm. so um have you gotten a feel for kof's like overall gameplay or like the movement and everything like what do you think about it uh i honestly i i, I wouldn't have enough of an idea yet mm. um the The general game flow um, sort of reminds me of a far more restrictive persona. Hmm. It's slower, right? The movement is slower. Um, And everything is a little like uh, laggier in terms of recovery, right? There's that game has roles as well. Um, and like pretty short block strings a lot of the time. They're not very like long pressure strings mm-hmm. uh, because you're usually looking for rolls or you know guard cancel rolls or dead angles. Like you can do all that stuff still. So a lot of people usually keep the the pressure really short, trying to bait one of those out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a lot of just like. It's a lot of just kind of movement and fishing with uh, light, uh, light, low attacks. And just confirming light hits into max. And then that's where you get your damage, basically. 
So it's it's weird a little bit where like you there are some really big obnoxious attacks. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of characters have jumping CDs like uh, that are really good, but they knock down and they're mids, even though they're air attacks. Right? They're 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 strictly they're just strictly good because of how obnoxious they are as buttons. Mm. Right? They cover a ton of space, they're active, like your whole hyper hop basically. Uh they're plus like on block. And then like because they're a mid, like they your opponent doesn't have to stand block, they just like crouch block them and, and they're fine. It's it's really just about like I'm not even just contesting this button because it's so stupid. <laughs> And that's just pretty standard across the cast. A lot of characters have something like this. So, but overall, I, I messed with 14 a little bit, and I kind of had a lot of the same feelings where it was like the the game just feels like an overall uh, more restrictive um, and a little kind of more far more controlled chaos of of Persona. Because a lot of the other things are very, very similar, right? They're both very high damage games when the right hits connect. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have, like, they both play box layout. They both have a lot of kind of, like, you know, system mechanics that you utilize within the game. Like I said, like, with the jumping CDs, the rolls, all those kinds of things. So it, it, Persona really does feel like it's, like, it. it it's the super anime version of KOF, basically. Yeah, I mean... I'm always interested to hear, like, you or other people who aren't regularly into the SNK games, because, um... I mean, sometimes... They're definitely cool to watch, but... I've never picked, like, KOF back up again, because I just can't get the hops down. And I know how vital it is to the game, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. You're you're basically just hyper hopping constantly. Yeah. Yeah. My execution is not good enough for that. And I can't I mean, that, but Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where it's like instant air dashes aren't easy either, right? And you can't play anime unless you can IAD. Yeah. So yeah. it's just whatever the whatever the super important movement tool is. Right, a lot of characters in Marvel have tri dashes or box dashes. A lot of like almost every character in anime has air dashes and IADs. Like whatever it is that your character does or whatever movement in the game is like super important. You just have to learn it. Yeah, if, if you want to play it, we've just been playing anime for like twelve or thirteen years. So, uh, yeah. Um, so man, pirates. Yeah, one piece good. Yeah. Best <laughs> the best Popeye's meal, the one piece. No, is that is that what that was about? <laughs> that was, that was about. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so as of right now, I'm at chapter seven hundred twenty eight. Holy crap. <laughs> you were just at like five hundred the other day. <laughs> I and it's not that I'm forcing myself to read a certain amount. It's just no, like, it's just good as hell. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> oh, I started something. I was like oh, snap. And that work has been pretty slow. So like, when I'm bored, instead of because I've been forcing myself because I'm doing overtime this week, mm. I've been forcing myself to uh, 
stay later even though i'm not doing anything so i'm just like i'll just whip, whip out one piece and start reading it while i'm nice. not doing anything um i understand now what you mean by so, which part <laughs> i think the last time we talked we talked about alabasta mm-hmm. um so after like reading a bunch as well as like seeing some of seeing some of totally not Mark's videos. Yeah. The One Piece series is just a really slow burn at times. Like, you'll get to areas where you think, like, man, this feels like filler, like nothing's going on, but only because it's establishing like things for further on down the line. Yes, there there is literally nothing in the series that is throwaway. Yeah. So like, um I'm trying to think, what is the greatest example of this? Uh I mean, I feel like Skypea as an entire arc is is yeah. the it, like it is the example because for pretty much an entire decade after Skypea existed, it was almost unanimously everybody's like least favorite arc <laughs> because it just it felt like it had no actual effect on the rest of the world at all. Yeah, and now. It's like 15 years later, maybe even more. And we're like, shit, this is one of the like most important arcs in the entire story. What the fuck? Like, for example, I thought like originally it seems like hockey comes out of nowhere. Uh, I, am I pronouncing that right? Hockey? Yeah, hockey. hockey. Yep. Yeah, yep. hockey. Um, it seems like it comes out of nowhere. And then it's like they've been doing mantra, which is hockey. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's stuff like that where it's like, this has already been established. It's like, <laughs> yep, it's kind of crazy. Like, I believe he just owns like a room where he just has strings connected to certain things, like on a board. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. It honestly is one of those things where, like, I, I legitimately don't know if like, uh, uh, any other mangaka in our lifetime will basically be as good as Oda is <laughs> at like keeping things like together. And not just forgetting about something. Like, he, it's just ridiculous, right? He's just the master of the craft for, yeah. for the way he writes. Yeah. Like, it's weird that, like, Water 7 and Annie's Lobby are considered separate arts. Where, to me, they felt similar. Like, the same arc, honestly. Right, like a huge because, saga, yeah. Yeah. Because Water 7 builds up on what, like, Annie's Lobby takes over. And mm -hmm. it's those moments in like one piece where like it just shines really well like mr I mean, two being like the homie back in the day at alabasta makes him even better when you get to impel down who mr. oh mr two, two? yeah dubon clay is so good <laughs> he's so like, good. I, I i don't know a single person that doesn't just love bon clay he's so sick it is so weird because when he's originally um introduce i'm like man this character just feels like he's gonna be so whack he's gonna be like a walking cliche and like he is so good <laughs> so sick dude everybody loves von clay <laughs> it's so good um but yeah i was gonna say so in in that regard with you being up in the 700s now that means you're through inbill down and marine ford yes i am at dress rosa now nice so uh, you already got through fishman island too Yes. Fishman Island is Miley's favorite arc. I was going to say I did not like Fishman Island. Yeah. So with 
with a lot of the newly established lore and things happening, obviously, as I mentioned, Skypea has been looked upon in a far greater light now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other arc that's basically like not not hated. I don't think anybody hates any of the arc, but just kind of like the universally agreed like eh, this is like just an OK arc is is definitely Fishman Island. To me, I just read it as like this is an arc to establish that everybody's gotten stronger, like. There is no tenseness in the fights. Like everybody one shots their opponents. Um, I don't know. Uh, the main villain I can't remember his name. Hody. Hody right? Jones. Yeah, he just seems like Arlong, but worse. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. It's just um, one of the other things. If you haven't particularly realized yet, which you might not have been able to per se Mm -hmm. is um oda's been almost mirroring the arcs Mm. which um marine forward is kind of the annie's lobby like dead center with like kind of yes but so impel impel into marine Mm-hmm. Is the exact flip of Water Seven into Impel? Yeah, and they're right next to each other. They're right on like the sides of each other, basically. Mm. Right, and I think the only thing in between them is one of the like one of the small arcs, right? One of the mini arcs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, the Amazon Lily. Amazon Lily, yeah. So basically, like, what ends up happening is like. You, so the Fishman Island arc is the is the mirror to Arlen Park, mm-hmm. and Dressrosa is the mirror to Alabasta. I could see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, at this point, it just it just it basically just can't be coincidence anymore. Um, a lot of people have mentioned multiple times how impressive it is that like Oda really kind of just seems like he's known what he's doing for more or less ever. <laughs> like he's not just kind of making shit up as he goes. Yeah. So like we just finished another like huge huge arc um you know in, in which was leading into this four four week break. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just the the theory basically remains consistent. Um which is very interesting because I assume the very, very, very end of the series is going to mirror more or less the beginning of the series, which is like, I'll be a really cool way to kind of like, cause like your beginning, your ends are already your bookends yeah, for your series, mm-hmm. but for them to like be a mirror in terms of like themes and stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. uh, could be really, really cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, I yeah, I the localization really fucked like so many people over when it came to this. Yeah. Uh, mainly the anime localization. Is what I'm yeah, the at. four kids version. So is that as well as like when it got picked back up again without the four kids? Mm-hmm. They brought it back during long, long. I forget the name of Long Ring Long Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. Uh no, it was right. I don't think. I think it. 
that might have still been for kids. Really? Because the first thing that I remember, the first thing that I remember hitting something like, um, like Toonami as an example. Yeah. Was like um, the uh, reverse mountain. Mm. Although, you know what? No, maybe not. Because Reverse Mountain was in the four kids dub too. I think what ended up happening was they um I think the the dub that was picking up yeah. One Piece backtracked a little bit on some of the arcs that the four kids dub had already done because the four kids uh, straight up ruined some things that would make other <laughs> stuff make zero sense. <laughs> so they had to redo them. And Reverse Mountain was one of those. Um, because uh, Laboon, mm-hmm. if you remember Laboon, yeah, yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, the four kids dub version got rid of him. He just doesn't exist, <laughs> and they turned him into a giant iceberg. Why? <laughs> Why? So, like, if you don't set that up, Brooks, like Thriller Bark arc makes zero sense. So like I feel like four kids dub went all the way up to Reverse Mountain. I think it ended like right afterwards or something. Mm-hmm. And then the the new dub that had to pick it up literally had to go back and start at Reverse Mountain again to to like get Laboon in existence for like a Western audience. And then from there move forward. Yeah, it's and just that alone is like you it's more enjoyable. This story is more enjoyable when you have like the full understanding from like day one. Like I picked it up maybe originally at Warrior Seven, and mm-hmm. like just seeing characters like Nami and Chopper, I'm like, these characters suck. Like, what's the purpose of them? But they totally don't. But they don't <laughs> exactly. Once you actually like know about the characters, they're like, I was expecting like Chopper to be have a story similar to like. Teddy or Morgana, where it's like he's questioning his assistance, like whether he assists or whatever. And it's right. like, nope. It's nope. honestly the opposite. Yep. Um, right. Like, Chopper is one of those characters that, even though he is clearly a cute mascot character and they are not trying to hide that and they never will, um, he's just cool. Like, yeah. When he does Rumble Balls for the first time, like I remember being hype as shit. Like when he when he shows his upgraded points, mm-hmm. like uh, which I think is NES. Yeah, um, it's so cool. Like, and then he has, and then he ends up doing the the monster point on accident, <laughs> and that shit is like mad scary. <laughs> like I love Chopper. Chopper is actually sick. Um, you brought up Thriller Bark, and I also didn't like that arc as well as much. Yeah, a lot of people don't for some reason. I I personally actually like Thriller Bark quite a bit. Um, I don't know what about it. It's just, it was just like blah. It the ending of Thriller Bark's arc was probably the best part. Like when Kuma comes and all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's a huge character moment for multiple characters. Um I don't know. I think 
I think one of the reasons that I that I actually like Thriller Bark quite a lot is because it's the first to me I feel like it's the first major arc where Robin feels truly like a member. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And Robin's my favorite straw hat. So like that arc with her just like I don't know it's just like it it, it felt good basically. Because I... Like right. post Alabasta, you, you you never know, right? You don't know mm-hmm. if she's just scheming. You know, she was literally just the villain. Like, mm-hmm. so, so you never know. Um, and then obviously, like NES lobby is just incredible. Like, for anybody that for anybody that's already a Robin fan, I I just feel like it's almost like peak One Piece, basically. And then for anybody that wasn't a Robin fan yet, I don't know how you couldn't be after that arc. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, the other part of that arc that was good when um when Zoro told Luffy like, "Do not let Usopp back on unless he says I'm sorry." Like, right? Zoro's so good. <laughs> he had a good point. Like, if you do that, people will just leave whenever they want, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. And then, like, just that whole moment, it just felt good. It's a lot of that that goes on in the story. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where it's like I I I do, I I think nowadays there's there's almost nobody that I know that has given One Piece an actual chance, and then just said, "Nah, I'm good." right they always have some type of preconceived notion without actually reading that you know gives them a bunch of excuses or whatever as to why it's quote-unquote not good um and it's a shame because i think a lot of that stems from the four kids stuff yeah because all of us would have been like whatever age at that point like uh, freaking! I think nine to ten mm-hmm. when that started, and it just set such a bad precedence. Yeah, One Piece for... seems so corny when we were right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I cannot believe that it actually survived through that era. Yeah, so basically Renaissance to just like almost universal acclaim at all times, basically. It's it's so undisputably amazing by every metric, whether it's sales because it's been like the top selling manga for basically fucking ever, like whether it's merchandise ratings, like it just crushes every single metric for the past 25 years. So it's like if if there's anybody that basically hasn't actually just truly given it the time that it deserves to like make their own opinion on it like a like you're missing out and also i feel like anybody that has the opportunity to get caught up and be current when something like this ends and it like and doesn't you're just insane 
like imagine not being able to to like partake in the ending of one piece like actually actual insanity there's nothing else in your lifetime that's going to be like this this is this is one of those one one in a lifetime things so yeah i that's what i also meant to bring up is like i feel if anybody's still holding out they definitely should just jump in now yeah part part of the thing that takes away from the fights is the chapter number because you know like there's more coming up coming along so it's not like there are times where you're like luffy is getting his ass handed to him and it's like I don't see how this is winnable. He's going to die right here. And it's like, nope, there's more chapters coming along. Right. So it like takes part of the testness out of the fights. Whereas like if you're reading it on a week to week basis, you don't get that feeling because like you just never know. Right. I mean, and it's still a shonen at the end of the day. I'd like if if Luffy ever dies, it's going to be like almost like a like a P3 style. Yeah. Right. Where it's like It'd be a swerve, but at the close of the story. Yes. Right. Like until we get our conclusion, until we get our like our our characters completed arc, like we know he's he's not going anywhere, and that's fine. I don't I don't need this random thought process that characters are gonna die, you know, around every corner to make the story good. I I think it adds more attention to me. It's like I don't know. When I know there's like more ahead, it's just like uh like I think for me the tension usually comes from what's the what's the new wild thing that Oda's gonna pull out because it it's already just been so established how crazy this universe is. Mm-hmm. So it's just like what's what's the escalation basically is what makes reading any like reading the next part of a fight the more interesting part because that's kind of Luffy's whole thing, right? Is he's using this very standard quote unquote ability. Yeah. Um creatively and yeah. efficiently. Yeah. Like, you know, what was a hype moment? I thought Inaru was going to be unbeatable. And then it's like, bitch, I'm rubber. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good fight. It's like, it it really is. It's it's really like peak One Piece, right? Where it's just like, this dude is literally currently like uh, to this day in One Piece. Like this guy would probably rank with some of the most powerful characters in the entire story. And he gets a job because Luffy just happens to be rubber. Yep. <laughs> and it's so cool. Like, and like the other thing too is like NL is a terrible fruit user, right? Mm-hmm. His fruit is so powerful that it carries him. He is bad at using it, right? He's yeah. dumb. He's overconfident. He's not strategic at all. Man says lightning go boom. <laughs> and lightning just happens to be this insanely powerful natural force. Right? So he's just hard carried by the fact that he just happens to be lightning. 
Um, so like if he grew, right. If he learned how to like actually use his power and perfected it and like was creative with it, like he'd be ridiculous. Yeah. So it's one of those, that's just one of those such cool moments basically where this dude would be an insane monster at this point in time. If he showed up in the story with additional years of how to like actually work this fruit in this system. And like the fact that just completely like unupgraded Luffy basically is just like, yeah, it's, I'm just gonna punch you, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, the Gomu Gomu no Blair was like the funniest shit when that happened. Yeah. Like, I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing that I like about some of the battle segments as well is just like how much character flaws play into them as well. Mm-hmm. Like Sanji just getting wiped because he won't attack women. Yep. So good. Um yep. Zoro not Zoro not being able to make it to a fight because he can't find the directions. And like, also that he's just perpetually fucking like injured. <laughs> he basically just never lets himself recover ever. Almost every major fight in the entire series, he's been just messed the hell up. It's just it's just standard by this point. He's never he's almost never had a fight at full strength. If only. But yeah, those are good stuff. The, yep. Add to it. Yep. Um so Another huge part of the story, which uh, you'll you'll get more of very yeah. soon, mm-hmm. um, especially with Just Rosa, should have like started depending on where you are in Just Rosa. So but, uh, where I'm at is Law just escaped with Caesar from Del Flamingo, and the crew took off, and Law's about to fight Del Flamingo again. Okay, sick. All right, so Law is dope. He is very dope. Right, yo. When he was introduced and he's just like flipping people off, I was like, this character is cool. He is like 90s inks. He's so cool. So the entirety of the supernovas Mm -hmm. uh, that you met on 70 Archipelago. Yeah. um, Oda basically created their entire character designs and personalities like in the course of a night. (laughs) His original thought was only going to have um, Law and mm-hmm. I think um, Basil Hawkins. Oh, okay. And those are the only two he already had ideas for, and Law was a villain. And for whatever reason, when he was like basically getting ready to like write those chapters where they mm-hmm. were going to be introduced... He he literally just kind of said, like, you know what? Twelve of them. <laughs> and just did twelve of them. <laughs> like out of nowhere. And it's actually crazy how important some of them end up being for characters that just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh with which Law being one of the huge, huge examples. Yeah. Uh but yes, Law is sick and uh he's not going anywhere, so. Um yeah, of those characters, Law was definitely the coolest to me. I thought Hawkins looked like a ripoff Sephiroth. <laughs> uh, Kid was sorry. I I personally, I actually really love Kid, and I'm in a minority, um, <laughs> of really liking this character. Yeah. Um, 
but I really, really like Kid. Uh, I like Law. Like I said, I like Law a lot. I like Law. Um, but I, Kid, I feel like, just has like such untapped potential mm-hmm. because he, he's supposed to be the foil to Luffy. So they introduced them, right? He was the only supernova whose bounty was higher than Luffy. And his vice captain, Killer, is is Zoro, right? It's the it's the Zoro foil. Yeah. So Zoro and Killer are the only non-captains in the supernova, right? And that and and they're under Luffy and Kid. So it's just like I don't know. It's just that hype from like this other character that's like supposed to be on your main character's level, basically. Mm-hmm. And his power, which is magnetism, is super cool. And like, I'm not going to like spoil stuff about like the future of how the world and the story works. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a reason why a power like magnetism, which doesn't sound super impressive to start. Because all you're really doing is just taking metal. Uh, it just ends up like being this this really cool, huge deal. Basically, I can imagine because I'm seeing some of that with like Doflamingo, like his powers is string sharing fruit, which like on paper doesn't sound interesting, and then it's like this guy can control people. He uses the clouds, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so this this arc, Dressrosa specifically, mm-hmm. uh, introduces a core concept to powers in the world. Yeah, um, very late. You you haven't gotten there yet, but it's just something to look forward to. Where it's going to introduce something that is incredibly important um, for the for the future of the entire like universe of One Piece. Yeah, One Piece is sick, man. It's uh, so sick. Frankie is pretty good. Love Frankie. Super underrated. Yeah. Super underrated. Frankie is so dope. Um, yeah. Also, I don't think you've gotten... Yeah, because you're not like super far into Dress Rosa. Dress Rosa is really long. Yes, yes. Um, Frankie's Dress Rosa fight. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, if this was any series that wasn't One Piece, like, this shit would have been universally <laughs> dogpiled on. Like, a hundred percent. Like, you would have had so many people just bitching about how stupid or whatever this fight was. Mm-hmm. But because it's One Piece, like, that fight is absolutely incredible like absolutely incredible i like how after the time skip frankie just became decided to become like more weird and just bigger (laughs) oh yeah yeah for sure um as well as him trying to form the human uh mecha and yelling, yeah. and then he just decides to make his own mecha with the yep. It's amazing. That that scene when they're doing that, and he wants Robin to join in uh, Thriller Bark. Yeah. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite Robin scenes of all time. Mine too. Yeah. 
<laughs> she's like, she like, I can't even remember the exact lines. Basically, on something along the lines of like, as a human, I can't do this. Like, I'll never survive the embarrassment or whatever. Like, it's so good. I love Robin so much. And the fact he got Zoro and Sanji to just join in on it, like, <laughs> I, I, Zoro is easy. I feel like Zoro, you can more or less get to do anything. Because he wouldn't even think about it. Like he would he would have the afterthought, like, wait, this is stupid. <laughs> right? He he can't think fast enough to like to like actively be like, oh no, like I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um series is good. So are you up to date on it? Yes. I'm gonna ask you a yes or no question. Okay. So I'm assuming that the reason he's taking a break is because something major has happened that is the equivalent of Ace dying. Yes or no? No. Okay. All right. That is all. Um, yeah. Current. I I really think the I really think the break just straight up has to do with the fact that he just finished a massive arc and just needs a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like just just this was the longest arc yet, right? Every arc, every arc is basically longer than the last because he's 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 finishing right the 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 story is almost over so every arc is ridiculous and even though we are moving into the final saga Mm -hmm. anybody that thinks that this final saga isn't going to take another like five years i think it's crazy yeah like it's going to take years to do the final saga but it is insane that it is the final saga that's nuts that this is that we're like there like the, again, the final saga will take forever. Still, like it will take years upon years. That's you know, One Piece has super long arcs, and multiple arcs make up a saga. So, like the final saga is not just one more arc. It's going to be a couple arcs, and they're all going to be probably a couple years long. Um, but there is a lot. There's a lot out there that we still need answers to that it's going to be kind of crazy if all of that gets answered in this final couple of arcs i hear shanks is still a mystery yes (laughs) (laughs) is Uh, mihawk still a mystery as well yes so i was not expecting mihawk to train uh zoro that came out i was surprised that was hype though uh zoro zoro's training arc is my favorite of all of them (laughs) Because I love Mihawk. I yeah, love Mihawk. Um, and the thing the thing with Mihawk that still seems to be a big, like, up-in-the-air type of question is the general thought process on Mihawk strength-wise is that he should be equivalent to almost all of the uh, Yonko. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he just prefers to act alone, just straight up, right, he can't he can't do what Yonkos do because he can't control an entire territory. Mm. He has no crew. He's completely by himself. Right? So even if he's as strong as a Yonko is, he just, he, he, he couldn't have the presence. Right? It doesn't work. So we haven't gotten that confirmed or anything yet. We haven't gotten to see him fight somebody else that would be considered on that level but we do know that he used to regularly spar with shanks who's the yonko 
Mm-hmm. So, like, that should be his general power level. So, I, I definitely think we'll get more Mihawk in the final saga. I think he's way too, like, popular of a character. Yeah. That, uh, that he doesn't get huge page time. How did Bugsy Spool, like, ruin his life? Like, I mean, ruin his own life. Like, I forget that they, I, it wasn't until later, like, during the Marine Fort, where I forgot him and Shanks were on the same boat of Gold Rogers. Who, Buggy? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he is on Gold Rogers' ship. Yeah, so, like, how did he just end up being some random dude taking over some random village while Shanks is, like, one of the four... So, uh, so Shanks being a Yonko is post-skip. Is it? Or it's, like, it's later on. It's... okay. It's when you learn about the Yonko, I want to say is. It's before Marine Ford, at least. Yes, it's before Marine Ford, but very close to it. I want to say it's. At the very beginning of Water 7. Mm-hmm. Is if I'm if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, So a lot of, you know, a decent amount of time has basically passed like. Shanks. I think when Shanks pulls up in uh, uh, East Blue, I don't think he's a Yonko at that point. I could be wrong. I don't remember exactly. It's been a super long time, and I haven't done like a reread or anything of One Piece, so I'm just trying to remember things from forever ago. Even then, when we find out uh, Shanks is... That means during that time, Bugsy's been an impel down the whole time. Well, not the whole time, but for a while. Since, since he lost to Luffy. Yes. Yeah. Well, he got well, caught. He got a, caught at um the tunnels. I forget what part he got. I think it was the tunnels. He was, I forget what he was doing. Uh, trying to find treasure or something like that. And he got caught then. Yeah, it's so Buggy's entire character arc is always been about King John's treasure. Hmm. And the ghost, uh, or Captain John, sorry, Captain John. And, like, the zombie of Captain John was on Thor Bark. Mm. So they've been, like, they, they've been, like, slowly, like, drip-feeding, like, info and lore about Captain John. Um, and, like, Buggy's kind of running parallel to Luffy, right? Yeah. Like, he, Buggy never wanted to be King of the Pirates or find One Piece or any of that. His his entire like motivation and his arc has always been about King John or Captain John's uh, treasure. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the story he does complete his arc and actually finds the treasure and has all this other stuff going on while Luffy's doing his thing. I could not believe he fucking became one of the seven warlords. <laughs> yep. I was like, how? Like there, everybody else, I could understand, but him. There, there's reasons, but spoilers. <laughs> like, just let's have this conversation again when you catch up, because it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> like, it would. It's going to be hilarious. Because <laughs> whatever you think right now, you're going to like quadruple, quintuple down on. Basically, this wild to me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he gets better. Like he doesn't. But whatever you're feeling right now, you're going to feel 
so many times more. <laughs> Yo, uh, Crocodile, Crocodile coming back was also fucking sick love as well. Crocodile. He's my favorite yeah. character. I love Crocodile. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's my favorite. And the <laughs> fact that he is still out there, he can still be used later again in the story, and like Dos Bones is sick. Such a cool character, Mister One. Yeah, like love it. I I was so happy that they were part of Impel Down and Reinford, and that he was sort of on Luffy's side, and like even like saves him a couple times. Like it's so cool. It's I love when villains have a cool comeback story. Like not even to be good guys. He's still not a good guy. He's not a good guy. Yeah, but like just the fact that any super cool villain can ever just be brought back into one of the most important arcs of a story and just have these super cool moments. Like, I love it. I love it so much. Um, who's your least favorite straw hat? Least favorite straw hat? Yes. Oh, um, I already know there's going to be a 10th member because you two spoils me on everything. (laughs) Uh, probably you stop. And it's not because I particularly dislike Usopp. Uh, I, I completely understand like what the character is and like why he is what he is and the, that it's still good character design. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't love comedy for the sake of comedy. I've mentioned mm-hmm. this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so Usopp being, like, primary comic relief character is, like, whatever. Like, that's fine. That's what he's there for. Um, but even the other comic relief characters, like, Frankie's a comic relief character, but Frankie's sick as hell. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Just for me, it's, like, Usopp... The coolest Usopp has ever been is Soga King. Right? <laughs> Soga, Soga King is actually what this character should have just been at all times. Yeah. Because he's still comic relief, but he just has that, like, little bit of extra flair. Right, he just feels the most boring to me out of the whole crew. Even with he came back jacked, he got he did come back up. jacked. And look, new new Usopp is much cooler. He is much cooler now. He, I agree. Much I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't dislike Usopp, but if I if I built like a tier maker and like put the characters in, he'd be at the bottom. Somebody's got to be at the bottom. Brooks would be my number one bottom. Uh I like Brooke. I do not care for him, man. I I don't I just think I like the aesthetic of skeletal swordsmen with ice powers and music powers. Like that's so cool. Right? He uses the freaking the 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 chill of death basically to to do ice attacks and that's sick as hell. Um the coolest thing he did to me is like how he just when he's first introduced and he's doing the three-step hum or whatever, and he does that a lot to people. Like, that's the mm-hmm. coolest thing to me. Yeah. But otherwise, I just don't care for him as a character. Gotcha. He's, he's a lot of humor to me, too, but mm-hmm. I don't think he gets, like, at least from what I've seen so far, he doesn't get as good of fight scenes as Usopp. So, like, Usopp's fights are really good, which make up for, like, all the <laughs> other stuff you have to do with Usopp. Yeah, like, see, Brooks fights. Usually, he's either in more of a supportive role, mm-hmm. or they're over so fast because he is kind of overpowered. Mm. 
it's yeah. basically one or the other because he's literally just straight up like killing people with the power of death. Yeah. <laughs> and they just don't have they just don't stand a fucking chance. Or he's punching way above his weight, which he does multiple times, by the way. Yes. Which is also why that character is sick as hell, because he doesn't care. Like he absolutely just throws hands well above his power class. He's already dead, man. And it's just it's so cool. Like I, I like Brooke. Um the I feel like it, it's really hard. It's really hard to rank the straw hats because they're all cool. Yeah, I can see. And that. and like even liking like like I like Brooke and I like Chopper and I like Usopp and like I do feel like Chopper and Usopp are definitely on the lower end for me. Um, yeah. and Luffy, Luffy's almost like dead mid for me. I would say that too, which I'm surprised about because I normally do not like Protags and I like Luffy a lot. I love Luffy. And the fact that I like Luffy and he's the protag and he's still like middle, I just think kind of describes how strongly everybody else is, basically. Um I would probably have Frankie as number one for me. Oh, that's awesome. I'm just, I'm very surprised it's not Zoro. He would be number two. Yeah. Yo, I read so much One Piece that like as I'm playing Elden Ring, I am now only dual wielding katanas. Yeah, just doing onigiris. Yeah. Two sword style. Yeah. Um, Sanji is good, but yep. post time skip. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's just too much. Like, I he's still my second favorite straw hat, and I think a lot of that is just carried by a nostalgia and coolness factor of original Sanji. Yeah. Um. Right after Dress Rosa, you're gonna get a lot. Of Sanji lore, I've been spoiled already. I already know. So, I, well, I haven't been spoiled, spoiled, but I do know he's a prince, right? Um, so like, he gets his time to shine. He's he's not he's not completely weak post time skip. He, I mean, he's still strong. No, I, I weak character wise. Yeah. Oh, weak okay. character wise. I mean, gotcha. um, he has he has a very very strong arc coming up. Okay. And it, it definitely solidified him uh, being my, my second favorite straw hat again. He was my favorite straw hat prior to Robin. And then Robin was, is, and probably always will be my favorite straw hat. Um, and, and Sanji's my number two right now. Sanji's it. Sanji and Zoro, I actually will have tied as two with Zoro just like inching out just a small amount. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Zoro too. Um, not as much as a lot of other people do. Uh, the 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 himbo like character just doesn't do much for me like him just being stupid and strong for the sake of being stupid and strong like i'm all right like, i don't need that um but i he he always has super dope fight scenes um and his his serious moments are some of the best in the entire series yeah right like we already mentioned the nothing happened moment. We mentioned the Usopp moment. Like when Zoro needs to step up and be the vice captain, I I don't there's nobody else that's a better choice. And the I straw agree. hats. Yeah. He, he is most definitely the vice captain. Um and I like him still. He's probably like either he's probably like fifth for me, I think. Um, which is like right below Luffy, basically. Like him and Luffy are almost in like the same spot, more or less. 
Um, I really hate Nami's post time skip design strictly because it makes it harder to read the manga like Um, on the open. Yeah. Like anytime she's on panel and it's just her and her like top, I'm like, uh, I gotta Mm. read through this real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's Oda's ideal wife, basically. (laughs) And like he he hasn't been like shy and hiding it. Like his his actual real life wife he met at a convention cosplaying Nami. Well, I mean, I firmly believe based on like the SBS and all that SBS corner, he's just a home girl. Oh, yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, it's not Robin doesn't have like a super conservative design or anything either. True. You know what I mean? But so she's it's like a little more covered up. Yeah, yeah. She's always she's basically always covered up. Um yeah. like her her Miss uh Miss Sunday outfit is basically her most revealing outfit in like the entire series. Um But other than that, like uh I just I just like Robin for the power set and the personality. I actually think her uh, her fruit is one of the one of the more creative ones for sure, where she gets tons of mileage out of it because she's just a genius. Yeah. So really, really dope. Um, yeah, One Piece is good. One Piece is so good. If you haven't started reading it, read it. Right. So- to reiterate, to reiterate, catch up. You do not want to miss like being a part of. I will say. The end. The actual first, like, maybe 13, 24 episodes of the anime is actually paced really well. So yes. if you want to just start there. The animation isn't as good because it's a while back. It's, mm-hmm. like, 20 years old now. Yep. But uh, the pace is actually really good for that. And then afterwards, it just kind of starts to become shit. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, non, the non-for kids version of the anime is actually great, like almost all the way up through NES lobby. Like straight up. It's it's basically you know it's basically page for page the manga animated. Very very few very I few would differences. Say if you watch it, I would say stop before Alabasta cuz Alabasta really does get drawn out through the anime. And that's the part where I was like, man, I almost wanted to drop one piece mainly cuz I was watching it only and then I read it and it's like, oh, this is a lot better. Yeah, I feel like Alabasta and the manga is still drawn out. It's a big like cross country trek. That's like yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. So like the manga doesn't doesn't exactly change that, but it allows you to just kind of skim or read through things faster if you feel like they're too slow. Yes, where in the anime is harder to do that. I think that's the only real difference. But like if you were gonna read everything like in depth the entire time anyway then Alabasta in the anime shouldn't really feel much different. But yeah, if people want to watch it, it's on Netflix. Yeah. But I definitely, sooner than later, uh, get to reading it. Yeah. Because reading it is absolutely better. For sure. Um, all right, so... And then this morning, I just watched... Dr. Strange. Oh, this morning? Yes. So that did, way I can talk did, with uh, you. Did what? Just D plus? D plus, yeah. This movie's so good. It is so 
is I don't know. It's not bad. It's not amazing to me either, but I do think it's good. I I feel like it's one of the best things they've done, especially recently. Like it's so kind of goofy and over the top that like I don't know. It's just like it's it, it it's not like formulaic, basically. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. I agree with you on that. I think the best thing about it is that it doesn't follow the standard like Marvel movies formulas, and it's just like you know what thing bothered me the most when watching uh what was it? It's not a movie, but Hawkeye. Mm. How much every character just quips. Like everybody just oh, quips yeah. nonstop. And this movie did not have that. And it felt so much better. It felt like actual, like, I don't know. People talking? Yes. Like, basically, the only person quipping in the entire show was, like, Doctor Strange. Because Stephen Strange is, like, a narcissist. Yeah. Right? So, like, it, it makes sense. This is never not going to be, like, how Stephen Strange, in any universe, acts. He's always going to be this way, basically. So, like, it doesn't feel as weird when he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the the final set piece where he dreamwalks into his own corpse <laughs> and just zombie strange, like, starts using the souls of the damned as wings and, like, yeah. spell. Oh, my God, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. That is, like, one of the sickest set pieces in, like, all of MCU. Um, yeah, that was sick. There is so there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. Um, oh my god, the music fight. I so I actually didn't like that. What I did not like that. The music <laughs> fight was so cool. I thought it was pretty wild. Oh, Danny Elfman's doing the score of that movie. So like to base the entire fight around like his actual musical notation is like freaking crazy. I thought that part was cool where like the notes being cast were played in the movie at the same time. I yeah, it's because like that's that's a Danny Elfman score that, that they're that they're doing that with, which is what makes it crazy. But he, I thought he, the visual of it, I didn't like it as much. I, I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's it's so different. Like you'll never see that in like any other like Marvel movie. Nah. So it's like I I really liked it. Um I really wish it had touched more on the multiverse stuff. Like I feel like we weren't shown enough multiverses, at least to satisfy my appetite. We we're shown like maybe three or four, which I guess is enough for a movie. The one thing I do like about the movie as well, the pacing is really good. It's so good. Like so much I remember because I actually started last night when I got home from like bowling with people and I was like partly tired, but I like stopped it around the 20 minute mark. I was like, wait, is it actually been 20 minutes? I felt like so much has happened yes. <laughs> in these first 20 minutes. Yeah. And the whole like, you know, the whole big spoiler of like Wanda being the actual just straight up primary antagonist, like mm-hmm. We always knew that she was going to be in this movie, and we always knew that she was going to kind of be like misguided. But 
straight up the antagonist, like the only antagonist for that matter <laughs> in the entire movie uh, was really cool. And I was, I appreciated so hard. Yeah. How, how quick her scene just devolved into that basically, <laughs> instead of dragging it out. And as soon as she said uh, America's name, Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, he never said that. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, he never told her what her name was. She just got got. Like, <laughs> and I was right. And that's dope. <laughs> um, shit, what's I going to say? Yo, how is this movie PG 13? Right? Yo, Raimi. <laughs> Raimi, dude. Raimi magic. People just like die. <laughs> Bro, people get burned to death. He pulls out monsters' eyeballs with a lamp post. Um, like it's it's gory. Peggy gets cut in half. She does, dude. Oh my god, the Wanda <laughs> fight scene with the Illuminati is straight up just a scene from the boys. <laughs> That's the all I could think of the entire time. I was like, I'm just watching the boys right now. What the <laughs> fuck? Like she's literally like the the black bolt scene. Yeah. Is li- like that shit is literally just in the boys. <laughs> that exact scene. That was so fucked. Oh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Like, yeah. that's nuts. That was so fucked. Dude, that fool. Oh my god. And the uh the Xavier scene. Yeah. Where they do like the jump scare where he gets his neck broken. <laughs> oh, dude. This movie is so good. This so those parts so I really like. I like the horror aspect in it a lot. Yes. And that's um, Raimi is a horror movie director. Yeah. So like him getting to flex a little bit and figure out how to put this all in a in a PG-13 setting <laughs> and get away with it is like crazy. Yeah, uh, the the Wanda jump scares when she's dreamwalking is so cool. Yeah. For that to be in a Marvel movie. It's so cool. <laughs> uh yeah. Those are good. Um, I did not know the Illuminati was actually based off of the actual like comic book Illuminati. Yes, yes. I was a what's his name Mordo, I think. Yeah, I was expecting him to like actually because we talked. To, you talked about how Wanda was a main antagonist. I was like, oh, he's definitely going to pop up here and be a like sub antagonist. And it's like, nope, it's all Wanda. That was good. Yep. yep. Mordo will have heavy involvement in Doctor Strange three. For sure. Because we are going to the dark dimension. Let's go. So do you know the lore behind like the after credits and like what so, happened there and like why it matters basically? I looked it up this time. So I'm guessing we're gonna be getting the secret wars. Uh so probably the- not per se. Mm. Um, so the character that shows up at the at the after credits is yeah. Klee. Mm-hmm. And she is canonically uh Doctor Strain's like more or less true love interest mm-hmm. in the comics. And she's the niece of Dormammu. Mm. So at some point, like in the comics, like they get married straight up, and you know, so she ends up taking his name. And she ends up being another Doctor Strange. She's Doctor Clea Strange. <laughs> um, and they more or less become almost like interchangeable characters. 
there's a point in the comic run where Doctor Strange like dies like permanently, like quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like actual comic book death, where they basically used it to kind of reset like the status quo for a series. Mm-hmm. And she becomes the sorcerer supreme. And then the very next run of the comic is just called Doctor Strange, but it's her. Because she is a doctor and her last name is Strange. I mean, it's so what's that? It's not wrong. That is right. Yeah. So um, what we're going to be getting in Doctor Strange 3 for sure, based on that credit scene, the 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 multiverse where the incursion was caused mm-hmm. is going to be in the dark dimension when Strange sticks Dormammu in a time loop from the first movie. Yeah, let's go. That's what's going to cause the incursion. Because he invaded another universe, even Mm -hmm. though we didn't have the terms or the basis for it yet. Mm -hmm. He went to the Dark Dimension. He went to another universe. Mm -hmm. And because they did a time loop, we don't know how long he was there. So that's going to be the universe that he caused an incursion in by just being there way too long and nobody would really know or realize it because it was a time loop. I didn't even think about that. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So that's going to be that's going to be the next uh that's going to be the next uh Dutch Strange movie for sure is going to be so getting getting Dark Dimension stuff from the comics. Was this movie supposed to be the end of Phase 4? No. This movie is still early in Phase 4. Phase 4 is very big. <laughs> okay. Because the thing is, all the Disney Plus shows, which never existed before, right? Yeah. WandaVision was the first thing in Phase 4. Um, so phase four is long and has quite a bit left. Okay, I'm looking up now. You are right, it's still a lot left. Yeah, because if you if you if you're thinking of this in terms of only movies, like every other phase has been, mm-hmm. there's literally only been Black Widow, which was a prequel, mm-hmm. um, Eternals, and Doctor Strange. That's it. Shang-Chi? Oh, I'm sorry. And Shang-Chi. <laughs> right. I'm only saying that because I'm looking at the Wikipedia article yeah, right now. Yeah, totally right. So there's um, only been four. So the ending makes sense for why they were like, there won't be another season of WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing that pretty coy for a while. <laughs> so the other thing that's really interesting, uh, interesting though is that if this is indeed the end of this version of Wanda's character arc. It's really strange that she never got to re-interact with the white vision for WandaVision. Yeah. Because there's a ton of implications with white vision from comic book stuff. I forgot white vision is just out there doing his thing. Yeah. I think what's going to end up happening is white vision is probably going to be one of 
the first people besides like America whose power does this mm-hmm. to be able to jump multiverses. And we're going to get another WandaVision interaction in another multiverse because there's a ton of comic book implications about these characters' interactions and how much just havoc it kind of wreaks. Damn. So, so I would I definitely... Wanda and Loki's fault. What's that? I guess it is Wanda and Loki's fault. I was about to say it's all Loki's fault, but it's Wanda and Loki's fault. Oh, yeah, it's both. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much Loki's fault either. It's Sylvie's fault. Uh, Which is a Loki, but... It'd be Loki, too, because Loki... Well, no, because he was trying to stop her. He wanted to leave. But he jumped timelines. Yes, because that was evil Loki from 2004. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, <laughs> splitting, splitting hairs, I guess. By the uh, end of Loki, we were back to current Loki. Right? So yes. like he was he's good guy Loki. And he wanted to leave um what what did they call him? I can't remember. He whatever he who sees all or whatever. Yeah. That was Krang, oh. right? What, what's that? That was Krang, right? Kang. Kang, yeah. Kang the Conqueror, yeah, yeah. Um I was about to say, when is when are we gonna see him? I guess uh, so my bad. guess would be Loki season two is when we're gonna get the true introduction to Kang. Mm-hmm. And he'll be set up for the final villain of the end of phase five. Okay. My guess. That's always been my guess. I didn't I didn't think Kang would be the phase four villain. We actually don't even have a major villain for four yet that we need like a unified power for. Because, like, realistically speaking, Wanda could have been something like that, right? Yes. Right, because the the unified power of the Illuminati got completely just jobbed. So um, it is is definitely interesting. I could also see with Strange going off-world, because he's going to the Dark Dimension, Mm -hmm. depending on how long that whole romp's going to take, because it's it's not this very quick thing that gets handled in the comics. It's it's an ever-going war, basically, where... You know, people have heirs to the throne of the dark world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dormammu is a huge, uh, a huge part of that whole string of power as well. So, like, if he is now basically not on Earth anymore, because he would be like the most powerful person right now, like there's straight up the most powerful superhero. Mm-hmm. So if he's not around either, you, you start kind of having these major issues where anything that even gets towards the power of Wanda as a general aside, is basically, like, nobody could take them one-on-one. Yeah, because we really don't have... I guess all we have is uh, Captain Marvel. Right. Because if you think about Thanos, right? Thanos wasn't revealed until the end of the very first Avengers. Mm -hmm. And then the fight against him doesn't culminate until the end of Phase 3. So he gets three entire phases of setup, cameos, like, lore-building all of that before the actual setup or before the actual uh, showdown. Mm-hmm. So that's Kang, right? Kang was revealed at the end of Loki, which is in phase four. So this is like, this is that phase where, you know, Thanos is getting teased, yeah. but it's Kang this time, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then phase five is going to be all the lore, the appearances, maybe dealing with Kang variants. Because that's the whole point of Kang is he's literally everywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, until you get your final like big like Kang showdown at like the end of phase six or whatever. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you know what I mean? We, everybody's major complaint with Marvel by this point in time is how formulaic it is um, because it prints money. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if we have a formula to copy the success of the first three phases. Might as well work the first one. Right. So I I, I feel like we won't get much more Kang until we're in phase five, which is really building up to how much of a problem he's going to become phase like six. So um, I think the so um, Secret Invasion mm-hmm. is the Nick Fury Disney Plus TV show. And I think that's going to set up who the actual villain is for like the next quote unquote adventures. Um, who do you think will be in the next Avengers? Superhero wise or who's the villain? Superhero wise. Uh, probably, I would assume Strange. He'll be back from whatever he's doing, probably. Yes. Um, maybe. It depends on how Love and Thunder goes. Because, because Natalie Portman has the title of Thor, right? Jane Foster. Mm -hmm. She is Thor in in Love and Thunder, Mm -hmm. right? Thor is not Thor, because it's a title. Um... So depending on how that movie ends, it could end with there no longer being a Thor. And I think that would be fair. Yeah. Um, So we might not have anybody holding the Thor title by the point of the next Avengers. Which I think makes sense because we kind of need to like, we need to de-escalate power levels. Yeah. So I, I feel like not having a Thor would be fine. Not having a Hulk would be fine. Um... We will have She-Hulk instead. Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think Which so. is fine. I don't think it's. I don't think it's needed. Um, so I think I think Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. are are primed because their next movie is probably going to be one of the very first Kang movies. Yeah. When they get theirs, because uh, Kang's headquarters in the comics has been in the quantum realm. Because it's just one of the other universes, basically. So, do you think America, Ms. Marvel, and I can't remember her name, but the girl from Hawkeye, do you think they will team up? As- yes, I think I think we are setting up a Young Avengers. Okay, not as a main stay, not mm-hmm. as like not as replacing the actual Avengers team. Mm-hmm. But to kind of have like almost like a Spider-Man level mm-hmm. feeling where like they're going to be dealing with kind of smaller, smaller street level stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be like, yeah. So it'd be Miss Marvel, um, America, um, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. Um, I can't remember his name from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, the grandson grandson yeah um the black super soldier that 
Falcon goes to talk to multiple times throughout the show. Yeah. He has a grandson. Um, and in the comics, he ends up taking up. I can't remember the. I can't remember the name of his. Like vigilante name, mm-hmm. but he ends up becoming Captain America light, basically. Mm. And he, he has no superpowers. He has no nothing. He's just okay. like he, he just athletic and fights, you know, with like. CQC and, you know, has a shield and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually basically gets tempted into doing like experimental super soldier stuff, mm-hmm. which is kind of his whole character arc because it ends up being like obviously being very bad because, <laughs> you know, off brand super soldier serum, probably not good. Right. <laughs> but so he ends up being a character in the Young Avengers and basically the leader. Like he like he's he's basically the Captain America of the Young Avengers. Um and there was another person too that they definitely set up that I can't remember. I don't remember. Oh, uh duh. Um Billy and Tommy. Wanda's kids? Oh. It's um uh speed and um wiccan mm. so it's literally just a quicksilver and a scarlet witch replacement okay so um i think it's billy that is speed and he's got super speed just like quicksilver mm-hmm. and tommy is wiccan and he's literally just a super powerful magic user so they're they've always been a staple in the Young Avengers. So I definitely feel like we'll hit that point where it'll be like a few movies down the line, like probably phase six would be my guess, not even phase five. Mm-hmm. Where like the kind of like however however we figure out how we're getting Billy and Tommy into the the primary MCU. Um which is why I definitely think there'll be another interaction between Wanda and White Vision somehow, somewhere. Um because they have a bunch of stuff that they've screwed with in the comics. And like, I still think we're bound to get Mephisto as well in the MCU somewhere. And you really like, you basically can't have like the Mephisto storyline without like the, the Wanda and vision storyline. Yeah. So who knows when that'll all happen? Or I guess, you know, if it all happens, obviously they don't have to do, certain things just because they happen in the comics. But uh, they definitely feel like, like, why why have them exist and why show off the fact that they have powers if they're not ever going to be used again? So I definitely think they would be uh, Young Avengers when yeah. when that time comes. They're coming sometime. Yep. Um, yeah. I I don't know. The nice thing about Doctor Strange is really that it wasn't formulaic, and it felt nice watching it. I definitely probably am at the point where, like, since I came around so quick to Disney Plus, I'd be okay just waiting for everything else. I, that's how I've been. Yeah, I haven't gone yeah. to the movies in three years. Um, I haven't even watched Miss Marvel yet. Like, there's me no neither. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll watch it eventually um, just because it's kind of like it's required watching for the Captain Marvel sequel. Mm-hmm. So like I, I will watch it eventually, but it's not a priority right now. Yeah, is 
I don't know. Eventually, I'll watch it. Probably once all the episodes are done. Even then, I... It's really weird. I have not seen that much advertising for that. No, <laughs> neither have I. What's that? Compared to the other series, like, it was constantly in my face. Like, this one is just... Feels like it just buzzed out. Yeah, I definitely think it's one of those ones where it's like... It's a little lower in terms of production, target audience, all that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. it is aimed at it is aimed at a little bit of a younger audience, and like, even though characters in this show and stuff that might happen here are going to be in the Marvels, which will be the sequel to Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. like I I feel like you wouldn't be so much as say lost. If you didn't watch it, there would just be maybe some things where it's like, oh, like that's a nod to something or that's like a reference or whatever that I'm missing. Mm -hmm. But like not so much as like full on required type of situation. So I definitely think it's one of those things where it's like. It's not going to be Moon Knight. (laughs) Right, like can be Moon Knight. <laughs> What's that? Nothing can be Moon Knight again. No, like Moon Knight was so good. More or less for the same reason too. Again, a lot of like kind of, yeah, some of the Forty Me Lake stuff was there, but there was also enough separ- uh, separation from it at the same time because this was such a standalone thing. Yeah. So like, it yeah, it was just good. Moon Knight, Moon Knight is sick. It was very sick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Coming to Miss Marvel after Moon Knight is like, uh, Moon Knight was so good. I don't know, man. Yep. All right. I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner yet. Uh, where can people find it? Uh, I am at Antiquarians on on Twitter. And you can find me on uh, Genova of Aether on 14. Vizanyazov. Uh, and otherwise, I guess at me for Persona, please. I want to play Persona. Fuji is somewhere committing crimes or not. He's what? Somewhere committing crimes or not. So last week, Fuji said he may go to somewhere to may or may not kill somebody. Oh, yeah. So okay, Fuji is committing crimes. He, yeah, so he's actually visiting um, uh, a Final Fantasy XIV uh, FC mate. Hmm. Like somebody basically guilds in Final Fantasy, like meeting meeting somebody from his guild or something um, who may or not need help of some kind. Is is what I know of the situation. So yeah, so he may or may not be committing crimes, tax fraud even. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fuji is now a Yoshi. He is Yoshi. Um. I am top underscore dog underscore AJ on Twitter. Honestly, so that's one of the reasons why I kind of stopped the format. I actually deleted like Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit from my phone. Oh, so really? I forced myself to only use it whenever I'm on my computer, which is not very often. So I am like out of the loop a lot of the times now. So mm. you can follow me if you want, but I don't even like retweet stuff as often anymore. I feel like I feel like one of the things that we should do for the future 
specifically is like almost something like with the One Piece situation. Yeah. Where basically like again at some point still like both Fuji and I both like we still want you to like be able to play through 14 just because it's a damn good Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be super cool to kind of have like a uh, a retrospective and talking with you after each like major event of like 14 and kind of like reliving it and like yeah. we'll be able to like run a lot of those dungeons and stuff with you at the same time and do them so i think that something like that would be like really really cool uh i think a hundred percent i really do not have anything else on my radar after elden ring after i finish that up yeah, that being yeah, said it's like a hundred hour plus game <laughs> <laughs> i am probably at like i think i'm at like 68 hours so Gotcha. I mean, uh, just the other big thing is we need we need you to get your Steam Deck. Sure. So that, like, you can join us for Persona, <laughs> and then we can play CF. And CF. Um, have they mentioned anything to you about your Steam Deck? No. Yeah. Did I order mine before you or after you? You did before me. Yeah, I don't think Mayan is coming until quarter four now. Of this year, freaking crypto bros yeah. destroying everything as usual because all of the shortages with components. Crypto. Um, expected expected order availability is after Q3, so in Q4. Uh, it says October 2022 or later. Just my current expected. Damn, man. That yep. totally sucks. Mine is probably then, too. Because I felt like we got grouped up. Let me log in the scene. Let's see real quick. I felt like we got grouped up similar, even though I ordered after you. Or I might even be a quarter after you, Ashley. Man, I'm actually really looking forward to it, because I really don't want to buy a PS5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Where can I find you at? Store. Hey, just search in the store. Just type Steam Deck into the uh, into the search bar. It's, okay, it's like the only thing that comes up basically. <laughs> uh, people should buy BB Tech. Why? Because it is five dollars on Steam right now. Yeah, but the Steam version of Tag is not good. It has a robot. Does it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Oh, all right. Uh. When it comes to BB, CF on Steam only has rollback. When it comes to tag, PS4 and Steam have rollback. Oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, either way, uh, even even with that being the case, the PC port of tag is not It's not good. You're great. Right. So if you have the option to buy it on PS4, if you want that game for some reason, um, you should buy it on PS4. Uh, but yeah. instead of doing that, play Persona. It is a much better game. I mean, that's coming with Roback too. It so. sure as hell is. I can't wait. Yeah, mine's is after Q3 as well. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> play Persona, play VB Tag. Play, um, play Final Fantasy 14. Read One Piece. Don't get divorced like Ken. <laughs>